Blog Talk Radio. It's July 12th, 2020. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Working for a Living is a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters and is syndicated on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, and listen now. Follow us on Twitter as well. I have a couple of something coming in here, so let's see if we have a problem with you hearing me. Uh, okay, not there. And I hope you can hear me. Uh, we're good. Okay, thank you very much for that. Um, uh, getting back to this uh, more sad, sadly. Uh, as the coronavirus ravages our world, many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands now have lost their lives to include far too many of our own UAW family. And while this is far from over, this tragedy has actually been worsened by the horrible death of Mr. George Floyd and so many others that have been murdered since that tragic day. Additionally, just yesterday, our sister Elise and brother Aaron Bruce lost their four children in a horrific and fiery accident on I-70 in Indiana. Brother Bruce, who was also a officer in his previous local union, I believe at Lake Orion, and I believe he was also working at Fairfax uh, with the son of one of our team members was pulled from the wreck and taken to the hospital. His status is yet unknown. Let us observe a moment of silence as we revere and remember all those who have perished, most especially our own fallen UAW members and family. Thank you. You bring on Brother Jeff. Hello, Brother Jeff. How are you? Jeff Brown? I'm good, Leroy. How are you? It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a couple of months. You know, we've sort of tried to uh, example what's supposed to be going on and not be doing too much. Uh, And uh, that's... Uh, something that all of the elected officials, most of all of them, across the, the nation have asked us to do. And we've been pretty much abiding by that, uh, just by example, not going out too much, not uh, being uh, active uh, all that much, other than when required to go to work, etc. Uh, and uh, But tonight's been a, uh, a time 
uh, and we've had a, a couple of shows during the COVID, uh, but tonight was one where we felt uh, we probably should have a show. There are a number of pressing issues that we need to address regarding uh, internal elections and ex external elections. This tragedy, uh, and uh, especially the one on the highway, most recently yesterday, I believe, uh, and uh, it's it's just sad. Um, and so we, we felt that we, and there's a number of uh, other issues that can come along as well uh, that we need to address. The Supreme Court's uh, made at least one decision, and the lower courts have made another decision regarding, uh, well, the auto industry and the lower courts and, and pensions uh, at the Supreme Court level. Uh, so there's, there's a lot to talk about. And, uh, we're going to try and get through this. We're going to abate the announcements pretty much. Uh, if you've been watching the news and Facebook, you don't need to uh, uh, hear us say it again. So we'll try and keep this uh, uh, pretty uh, uh, succinct tonight and concise. So, um, Jeff, if uh, you want to talk about any of the above uh, murders, deaths, this horrible tragic accident that I posted this morning to the GoFundMe page. Uh, and and I, I got to tell you, I was a good sister or team member um, sent that to me and uh, asked me if I would please post it. And I said, of course. And as I wrote up a little something about the uh, brother and sister uh, don't know anything about the four children. But uh, he was uh, working uh, in Lake Orion, where I believe Aaron Bruce was a, a, a committee person, from what I'm told. And then uh, he was working, and they both worked there at Lake Orion. And they both worked with the son of our inner circle team member uh, of our team. And uh, so I said a little bit about them and uh, suggested that people uh, consider that GoFundMe uh, page uh, and you know, the effort that's going on here. Uh, after I posted that, it went up uh, quite a bit. Uh, in, in money. So thank you for everybody that did that. I'd just like to say that uh, there was a construction project on the road. A 18-wheel truck was stopped and uh, Aaron Bruce and his four, four children were stopped behind that truck properly. And a allegedly drunk 18-wheel uh, driver came up behind them without even slowing and drove them in to the underneath of the previously forward 18-wheeler and then nosed into the back of the trailer him, himself. A uh, passerby pulled the father out but couldn't get the children out and they died in fiery death. This is a horrific accident. And as I posted it, you know, People that know me will say, you know, UAW is becoming family. 
and that's true. So, as I said here at that desk, this desk, and privately posted this out to some 35-plus UAW pages, labor pages, and some political pages. You know, I, I, I have to admit that I have a little too coming out of my eyes for those kids, uh, as if they were my own. And uh, sad thing, I uh, uh, began moving around uh, as a general motor gypsy, G- GM gypsy, so-called, in 1983, because of a letter that I wrote and got 150 of the staff to work and then more shortly thereafter. But And that, that letter also caused the uh, uh, corporate seniority to come into effect in 1984. But we were traveling on very bad road. It's better now, much better, from Flint to Lansing. There were about 1,300 of us back and forth every day. A few exceptions. Some started getting places and stuff. But others took longer to get a place, and then uh, it, uh, it became real apparent that certain corners got nicknamed, had a problem, got nicknamed Killer's Corners. We lost six brothers and sisters in the first year. And I, I knew this was going to occur when we started seeing. All of these people traveling distances in order to uh, get to work, uh, and uh, this is the first one that I'm aware of that's been so, tra- especially it's been so tragic. So uh, I, I just I put on the post: please pray that this doesn't happen to any more of our brothers and sisters. So it's it's, uh, it's very tragic that this happened. Uh, it's as and maybe more tragic that George Floyd was murdered and any number of people murdered in the same way and then uh, was shot and killed and also run over by vehicles. Two women that tragically got murdered. I don't know if the second one stopped yet. just don't know. But one did from that. And that was horrific just to watch them fly 20 feet in the air and fall back down on their head. Uh, a lot of things going on in our country, and we need to show some restraint and at the same time get the message to our elected officials, who you'll find out later in the show have clearly lost touch with the working class. And we'll report on that a little later. I have a little story to tell about that. Um, Having said that, uh, Jeff, do you have anything else to say about things I asked you and then I talked about? you want to talk about Um, it? Just really sad when little kids are involved. Um, It's really, you know, Part of everybody. It's not their fault. Yeah. Right. It's not not their time to go. Um, so it's just 
one of those things that I don't like seeing happen. Right. And it was not their fault that their parents had to move halfway across the country for their work from Lake Orion, Michigan, or back to Kansas, as reported to me. So, pretty sad. And uh, on a little more positive note, any of you listening can uh, go to any one of the pages or my page and click on that post and consider donating a little money. It doesn't take a little bit from a lot of people to make a difference in their lives. We don't know, we don't know the extent of their insurances for their children and what insurance might you know, be needed additional monies for uh, Brother Aaron Bruce as well for his own uh, issues. I'm sure he had some... Uh, very bad burns and probably, you know, some uh, contusions and maybe broken bones, etc. You get driven under a truck by a truck going 70 miles an hour. You have quite a bit of trauma. So we, we pray for everybody's family and uh, especially our own for their peace and their life after such tragedies have occurred. So, uh, Jeff, we're going to update, as I said, the uh, announcements for the week and uh, uh, also the definitions and quotes. Uh, but if you, we got a couple uh, comments that come in, and there were a lot of these being bandied about on the on the pages, and we're going to try and focus on what people really need to think about uh, behind uh, such comments as we received or saw on the. Uh, uh, received an email or, or PM or by uh, uh, just seeing them out there on, on the pages. Uh, if you want to take the first one, Jeff, please do. Sure. Uh, a vote for Biden is a vote for Ruth Bader Ginsburg's replacement. And I, I like that one. It's, it's very true. You know, she's not going to be around much longer, so let's vote for Biden so we can get somebody to replace her on the Supreme Court. And that's uh, name withheld, and we'll talk more about it in the show later. Right. Okay, it's Biden. Uh, we received, uh, and it says, I'm definitely voting in November, but not for Biden, or any socialist Democrat for that matter. Name withheld. And we'll We'll talk about that more in the show. Uh, there's there's things going on that is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a long-time Democrat, and I'm a cartarian Democrat. But there's things going on out here that have most of the people like me very concerned about our country at this moment. And we got to start taking a hard look at what's going on brothers and sisters, and we're not going to tell you what to do. We're just going to educate you a little bit. Okay. Uh, Jeff, you want to try and give uh, your report? This is a kind of a lengthy one, but um, I think you can get through it in, in about 15 minutes so, or so. We're trying to keep it to an hour. Right, but if we go a little long, just please you know, bear with us on that. 
19 of the UAW Constitution, any member in good standing who is retired shall be entitled to a retirement membership status, which without being required to pay membership dues during a period of such retirement, shall entitle him or her to all the privileges of membership except the right to vote in elections conducted to Article 19, Section 3, Article 5, Section 2, and Article 50, Sections 1 and 5. Appropriate cards denoting such membership status shall be prepared by the International Union furnished to the local unions upon request at cost. Regular withdrawal transfer provisions of this Constitution shall be applicable if such retired member returns to active employment. Um, so then we Jeff, go down Jeff, to... Jeff, do you want to repeat the important part of that uh, section, please? You know, emphasize that one regarding the uh, 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 what retirees enjoy as membership. haven't gotten that part yet, Leroy. Um, I, yeah, I thought you did. It, it says it says it there. I'm quite sure. Let's see. Where's the PDF? Uh, uh, or that's section 19, section. Jeff. Article 6, section 19. Okay. During a period of such retirement, shall entitle him or her to all of the privilege of membership, with exception, or except the right to vote in certain certain elections. And you're going to go into those right now. So, so retirees, I want to be clear here on this. Retirees enjoy all of the rights and privileges of membership, except for the right to vote in certain elections, and you're going to uh, cover those now. So uh, all of the rights. Nobody can expand or contract what the Constitution says. So go ahead, Jim. Okay. Uh, What you're talking about is voting rights of retired members in local unions a retired member has a constitutional right to participate in any and all elections conducted on a local wide basis, except elections of the type specifically exempt under this section. Under this section, a retired worker member would not, however, be eligible or even that steward or committee person might by virtue of his her election also hold office as a member of the local union policy making group such as an executive board. And that's on page 127, 172, I'm sorry. Uh, The second one is voting rights of retired members in units of amalgamated 
local unions, retired members are eligible to vote for officers of such units. If a unit has a substantial, substantial complement of officers set up by its bylaws, and these officers generally respond to the executive officers of a local union set forth in Article 38, Section 1, a retired member would be eligible to vote for such officers, even though these officers also constitute the local union bargaining negotiating committee. In units where bylaws are not provided for substantial complement of officers, a retired member would not be entitled to vote for such unit chair and secretary since the primary function of these individuals is to serve as many office officials of the bargaining negotiating committee and they are only incidentally in charge of responsible of unit officers. That gives a little more definition on what they can vote for. Um, so, so a lot of people think retirees can't do anything, but that's that's not not true. Um, it's not true at all. They want for certain me, positions. You want to go into the interpretations? Uh, now, before you go in there, I, I want to say this. Uh, you know, much like Supreme Court decisions, if there's a Supreme Court decision out there that Congress doesn't like, they can change the law, and then that obsoletes the Supreme Court decision. It's no longer in effect if they change the actual law. Okay, so when someone quotes a public review board decision and or presidential blustering, not an administrative letter, and that's superseded by constitutional convention, that obsoletes everything before it. Everything. So uh, we want to be clear uh, that uh, Jeff is going to read some uh, interpretations now about the Constitution and these elements of the Constitution that were uh, adjudicated by the Public Review Board and uh, talked about by a president of the UAW and later interpreted by the Constitutional Convention. And Jeff's going to give you those interpretations now and give yeah, you just... the, uh, the, the, the Constitutional Convention uh, date as well. Yeah, I, we just did. We just covered two of them, there, right? Um, okay. Right. Uh, so I got one more to go. Number three, and this is pretty good. Um, eligibility of retired members to run for a local union, Article Six, Sections Three, Ten, Nineteen, One Hundred Sixty-Eight Offices. Retired members are ineligible to run for any local position which carries responsibilities for grievances or bargaining required by the collective bargaining agreements or can 
local union bylaws, and that was set in uh, 2002 at the convention in Las Vegas. So, as it says here, they're ineligible to run for any local union position which carries the responsibilities for grievances or bargaining required by the contracts or local union bylaws. Um, hope that makes sense to everybody. You can run for executive board uh, positions at your local level. It also depends on your uh, local bylaws, which everybody should be reading them, especially right now when you have elections going on in in most of these uh, plants. That's it, Leroy. Okay, Jeff, thank you very much for that. I I did want to make sure that everybody understood that when... And those, the, the first one that you, uh, the interpretation that you read was in 1960. And that yes. is real clear and, and uh, does not violate in any way the rest of the, uh, uh, the Constitution uh, regarding uh, not being able to vote and or run for a uh, bargaining or negotiating office. Uh, and then the second two were, again, uh, subsequent to uh, public review board decisions and the clarification interpretation, if you will, uh, supersede any previous such uh, things. And, and quite frankly, anybody that violates that uh, could possibly have violated the Constitution themselves. And um, I want to uh, talk about a little bit about uh, the uh, supplanting of a union, which is also prohibited by our Constitution. And you may not supplant our, our union. And one of the elements of the definition of supplant is diminution. In other words, if you diminish it in any way, That's supplanting it. We have almost one million members, including the retiree members. The current international union, by and through their public spokesperson, is reporting 400,000, approximately 400,000 members, leaving out the some 500,000 plus retirees. I would say that's diminishing the local, the uh, union itself. And while I'm not going to make a comment or charge anybody, I'm going to leave that to other higher authorities with credentials that actually hold a position to make such a determination whether or not these are violations of the Constitution. But that's coming. A determination will be coming no matter what the hell they can do. They can't stop a determination. They can sidetrack it and make it difficult, 
And it's sad that they did that to an appeal on the constitutionality of certain very important matters to include temporaries greater than three months. Making the corporation competitive against the interest of the members and allowing law unfavorable to labor to be placed in our contract. If such contract language comes to be that retirees actually lose 50% or 100% of their pensions, I would not be wanting to sit in the offices of any place of leadership of the international or local union leaders because retirees losing their income is not going to go well. And there are retirees they keep out there in the Netherlands, Netherlands, they keep them on a chain. And don't forget that. When you have no shame in what you've done. Because there's always adjudication for doing something wrong. Always. And when you have no shame and you seek to diminish the union and retirees, that's not good. Okay. Got any more to say on that, Jeff? I agree with you um, 100%. We're getting more and more retirees every day. Um, yeah. And they, they're not aware of what you were talking about, losing their pension. But uh, right. we got to get those people up to date on the information. Because, like you said, things are going to get uh, real bad around here real soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And a lot of the retirees are veterans. They're, they're combat trained, okay? Yes. And, and some of them aren't wrapped too tight themselves. Okay. They're just, they're yeah. Saying, That's a fact. Do the right thing and you won't have any problems, right? That's simple. Mm-hmm. We're not out there agitating or inciting anybody. We're just making them known what's possible and educating them. For those of you who want to see what we just talked about, it's posted at the top since June of 16 of the Working for a Living Facebook page for all to see the language that was put into the 2015 agreement and allowed to stay in the 2019 agreement over the objections of this show nearly every week six months prior to the contract. Is that right, Jeff? That's correct. That's That's a true statement. Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Let's let's pull our other friend in here. I see him out here hiding in the weeds here, so let's see if we can bring him in. Where did he go? Oh, my. There, this one. Uh, Okay. 
I see him over there. He's going to have to come on in and say something about what we just said. <laughs> All right. He's got his hand up. All right. Okay. Everybody, please welcome Mr. Tom Ulrich to the show. <laughs> Hi, Tom. <laughs> Good evening. My phone's so on. Great. What's going on? I hear your wife laughing so hard. <laughs> you, you got a lot of energy, and Jeff, great to hear your voice again. I haven't heard from you. What the hell are you guys doing up there in Detroit? Your goddamn workforce wants to you. give up making. Well, they they want to quit making police cars now. What the hell are we going to be making up there anymore? I, 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 the last time I was in Detroit, you guys had everything under control. I come back, I, I watched the news the last couple of nights, and, and that Ford workers are trying to get the corporation to quit making cars. How the hell are we going to make a yeah. living for crazy? What the hell is going on up there? I mean, the there world has also lost some, its mind. There was also some confusion with some of my friends saying that uh, they were hearing uh, Ford was wanting to defund the police departments. And I had to investigate, tell them that's not true. Ford is not interested in funding the police departments. So we make too much money off selling them uh, explorers across the country. I think- Jeff, I think Ford's the only one making police cruisers anymore. I know General Motors isn't making them. They ain't making much of anything anymore, for Christ's sake. Chrysler is, um, yeah, Chrysler's making uh, police cars, Chargers or something like that. Yeah. You know, Ford's making the uh, Explorers. Yeah. Yeah, that, well, that's great news. We, we're still in, in that business, at least in, in – Two venues, but I was reading that article and I couldn't believe what I was, what I was reading. And uh, I, I hear you guys were talking. I, I just got done with my grandkids here, and uh, I hear you guys were talking about the pensions and uh, and about the violations that have been going on for years. Nobody wants to say anything about it. And then when a group of retirees get together and uh, want to try to do something about it. Uh, all of a sudden, we disappear on some back page of some book that uh, we, we we still have a function here as retirees. We're still allowed to run for executive board mem- members for jobs, but they don't count us on the rolls of uh, of being actual UAW members anymore. Did I get that wrong, or was, was that just a bad dream I, I was listening to here a few minutes ago? No, that's correct. They've said that their intention is to uh, limit the act, uh, the ability, uh, abilities of retirees to be active. Um, they're doing that in the midst of a national election for president. Um, I'm sure that's the best hardest thing they've ever done. And they uh, also are underreporting the total members because, as you heard, we're with retired members, and we have retired member status. Uh, you know, we're entitled to all of the benefits and uh, such as uh, any other member, with the exception of voting on five things. And that's starter, stop, a strike, 
uh, may not vote on a ratification vote, okay, you, you hear that vote may not vote. Didn't say you may not appeal. It said you may not vote on it. Okay, and nobody appealed anything to do with the vote, other than the con the the result of the vote was appealed after the vote had taken place, and we're only prohibited from participating in the negotiating and the vote itself. Okay, so we're not allowed to to start or stop a strike. We may not vote to ratify an agreement according to the Constitution. I've actually made uh, a uh, uh, resolution to change that to say retirees may vote on items exclusive to them and prohibit par parties that are not part of the pension plan or the benefit plan to vote on any such things uh, that are exclusive to retirees. That didn't go anywhere, but we tried, and we're going to keep trying. Uh, and also, we're not allowed to vote for anybody that with the exception of what Jeff said. I mean, there's cases where you can vote for and run for offices that negotiate or handle grievances. But we're, in generally, we're not allowed to run for either of those. And because the president sets ex officio on all committees, uh, there's been clarification that the uh, uh, local union uh, retiree may not run for local union uh, president. Now, having said all of that, there's pre uh, precedent of a retiree appealing the 2015 ratification result. Went clear to a PRB. Okay, there's precedent for a president, retiree holding president, and actually voting on tentative agreement. Currently happening currently happened in the last agreement. So this is sort of uh, what you would call selective enforcement and making it political. And of course, that's against federal law. There's a lot of problems with this uh, decision that they've uh, decided to send down that's final in their eyes. Uh, of course, the Constitution provides in Article 33 to challenge any and all decisions by staff members. So, guess where that's staff going, members. guys? Wait, 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 wait one minute. Back up. You you appealed yeah. something to the international, and you got an answer on your appeal from a staff member. What the hell I happened did. to our union? I thought that well, actually would be a violation as well because there's no procedure uh, provided for, uh, you know, for staff member underling unelected to respond to an appeal. Okay, the appeal has to come from the next highest authority, and the only answers acceptable are in whole or in part that it's affirmed with explanation, denied with explanation in whole or in part, or they recuse themselves in whole or in part. That's the only answer that's acceptable in an appeal. Now, if, if, if in Article 31, there's proper and improper, but there's no, no proper and improper for this. 
especially when those retirees aren't limited uh, in the appeal process, only in the voting process. So we're going to have a little well, fun with this. I'm sure there's some people that hmm. really ought to be concerned with their membership and possibly their job. Well, but that's I, I, for somebody I would, I would else. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I would hope so, so Leroy. I, I would. I would hope so. I. I, I don't think that. Uh, you know, to shred uh, one of the documents that was for years held uh, at the highest standard of any union in the country, uh, as yep. far as our Constitution goes and our abilities uh, uh, and, the, and the way we conducted ourselves as a membership, it, it was the top top of the line. And, and, and they're destroying it. They're taking it and tearing it to shreds. What is going on with this investigation that supposedly – the president just attended, and, and apparently he doesn't know this is going on. So what do, what do we got up there, a blockhead running running around because he's got a title now and he's got his boat up there uh, on Lake Michigan, and he's just having a good old time on, on the union union uh, uh, paying dollars of the union membership? What, what, what's going on out there, Leroy? I mean, I, I'm just totally at a loss here. I'm glad I was confined well, to my I, home I, I, I for believe, three months. I believe any I believe the boats uh, that may be associated with leadership are actually on the Detroit River, not Lake Michigan. And uh, um, uh, without naming any names, there's two of them that live in a double-gated subdivision. It's double-gated. The first one is two arms that go up and down, and the second gate is actually a gate that appears to slide back and forth. Of course, I haven't been there, but it appears, you know, from Google Earth, it's really kind of cool to see. Um, <laughs> and there's uh, arguably million-dollar homes uh, in this subdivision with possibly 25 homes. And the most recent uh, retired vice president that has so far survived uh, any charges, conviction, or sentencing uh, – has his wife's name on their million-dollar home. Uh, it might not be quite a million. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that to some speculation. But these are nice places on the water or just off the water uh, with access. Uh, so uh, it's, it's rather interesting uh, to see all the goings-on when you really do a little research of our uh, August Union. Uh, and, you know, what just occurred with a decision from an underling, unelected staff person, in fact, two such people, uh, to bastardize our wonderful Constitution and the best appeal process in the entire United States among unions is appalling. And they really need to go look yourself in the mirror especially when it's for the purposes of preventing the appeal process from going to the public review board, in my opinion. And also, it protects any possible violations of the Constitution, as I just indicated, those three the temporaries, the uh, interest of the corporation rather than the membership, 
in Appendix K, and of course the retiree language that reduces our pensions. It's in the agreement. Even if we get the law changed, we'll talk about some of that here in a minute. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's pretty appalling, Tom and Jeff. Uh, you know, I I know I've sent that out to you folks, and the team has it, and nobody's happy with what has been said here. And, you know, you've empowered me to go ahead and, and write an appeal uh regarding such things, um, and that's a different appeal than the original one. And that's legal, and they can't stop that. And should they try, should they try, I'm quite sure that there will be others very interested in such actions. Okay? There are actually federal oversight for such matters especially the response that was given because it became political, okay, because they're allowing well, others to do it and not this appeal. And then they went further and said, oh, you can't run for president. Well, at the local level, that's correct. But they're allowing others to do it. <laughs> And, well, of course, the federal government looked very fondly on selective, uh, you know, enforcement. So, uh, so. Tom, go ahead. So, 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 so much for uh, trying to uh, save our union from going to receivership when they're playing those kinds of games. Uh, I mean, you, you would think they, they would treat it with the respect it, it, it deserves in regards to the violations that have occurred yeah. over the last two contracts, maybe three contracts. Uh, as you get into this thing, you take one bite out of the apple, and God, God, it, it looks better and better. And I keep taking bites, and look what I found here. I mean, it, it's just amazing uh, that uh, th- this shit is going on, and, and then they're trying to paint a picture where we're going to try to save the union from uh, uh, receivership. Let's start dealing with our, our memberships. Uh, our, our members in a manner that uh, upholds the Constitution where they can get credibility in the leadership. There is no credibility. I, I'm going to meet behind closed doors with Joe Schmo, and who knows what the hell happened when, when, when behind those closed doors. But I'll tell you what, I looked at the window of that side of that car when it was pulling out. didn't look like somebody was too happy to me. Yeah, a thumbs up, and you know, but I don't think he's too happy. He kind of looked like Dennis Williams at one point. They yeah. told me yeah. way back when, you know, the local staff members, you know, and I, I see them in the community, and they say hi occasionally, and, you know, out of respect for all the work I've done. And they'll sit, and they'll look over their shoulders, and nobody else is looking to see if they're talking to me. <laughs> so I, yeah. Uh, yeah. They've told me, oh, you know, Dennis is a good guy. Oh, oh, Jones, he's a good guy. And now the jury's out on Rory and and, and companies, so we'll see. Uh, we, you know, there's a lot of public information out there, Tom. There's 990s on Labor Education Training Corporations where executive officers have received $30,000-plus for a couple of years that we have. Uh, 
you know, actual documentation for. We have, uh, you know, documentation of corporations owned for-profit corporations, not non-profit, like they could be a union. These are for-profit corporations that are uh, have the offices listed as the uh, current officers, and that changes every time the administration changes. Uh, right. And those uh, corporations run uh, the golf course and run an education center, and just you know read between those lines. And also the LM2. I haven't seen the most recent one. I haven't had time to browse it yet, but. Uh, the last one I saw had $11 million loaned to one of those corporations and $60 million loaned to the other corporation for a total of uh, roughly $71 million loaned to for-profit corporations owned by officers of the UAW. Oh. My well, where did right. he, And where you know what? There's hardly a... Go ahead. Obviously, there's interest being occurred here somewhere between the transactions between their own personal businesses back and forth. Where's that money going? It's a good question. You don't lend money. You don't lend, lend money. You don't lend money to somebody without getting a return on your money that you lend it. Where where the hell did all you that money so. go? Right. Well, where did that money go? Maybe that guy that's been sending me stuff in my email with the handcuffs on in that round circle, I don't know what the hell his name is, keeps sending me these things from uh, some certain uh, uh, government offices with uh, affidavits and court filings and all kinds of crazy information that, uh, Christ's sake, I'm no CPA and I'm, I'm no, no goddamn FBI agent. I can't understand half this shit. I have to go wipe, ask my wife. She's a nurse. She, she deciphers it for me. I mean, it, this is right. this is crazy, Lee. This is totally insane. The more you get into it, the more crazier it gets. Somebody asked me the question, Tom. If you have a union, and the leadership of the union violates the Constitution on a regular basis, the Constitution that is agreed to and voted upon by the local union membership by and through the delegate process. When those are violated and such violations are thwarted through actions of unelected underling staff members, do you really have a union anymore? Or is it just let's go make management happy and screw the Constitution and the members. And at that point, the person asks, again, do you really have a union anymore? More importantly, is the certification in jeopardy? What's the question? So um, I'm repeating what I was asked, but it's, it's very important to understand that the democratic process true democratic process has checks and balances. And checks and balances were just thwarted beyond the pale. 
we're going to have adjudication one way or another. Well, I'm available to send a plane ticket. I know where I got to go. Right. I know. DC. Uh, I just know. So, I, I just I just know where I'm heading. Yeah, I, I want to say uh, behind all of that, I, we beat that to death pretty much. And uh, Jeff, you got anything to say on those matters? We don't have time in this program tonight, Leroy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <it's> nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank, thank you. Hey, <laughs> We're going to have to get that phone phone back and forth on three ways or or something like that again because I really miss talking to you, man. I mean, this COVID uh, bullshit's uh, got me locked up here, and, 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 you know, it's good hearing your voice again, Jeff. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm the same way. I can't get out. No place to go. So I just stay in my, my apartment all 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. Yeah, you you got to get out. You got to get out, Jeff. Yeah, you got to get out a little bit. Uh, uh, so, you know, on that note, please everybody be careful at home as you run your errands in the community that you that are required, and as you go to work. You know, we're having a lot of issues in the plant. Uh, a lot of absenteeism going on. Uh, and that's because people are scared shitless of getting this stuff, and people are forcing them to go into plant and go to work. Uh, you know, we we're all mad at the governor Whitmer for pulling the plug, uh, and quite frankly, I I kind of pushed that a little bit, uh, and um, I was pleased to see her pull the plug. And I'm not sure she should have brought everybody back quite so soon, quite frankly. But they they bullied her. And she's got a bad name from it. But, you you know, leadership is sometimes doing the right thing when nobody's looking, but it's also doing the right thing when it's unpopular. Okay? And we're seeing now as these numbers ramp up and the, the doctors are saying the deaths are a lagging in indicator because they will take longer to occur than the new cases actually manifest themselves. So don't be so smug to think that the lack of new deaths is an indicator that you can hang your hat on because that is something that they have admitted, doctors, that is a lagging indicator and expect those to start to rise upon some time passing. Uh, And so let's pray for all of those people not to um, expire. Uh, You know, I'm told that there are shifts being canceled uh, because of absenteeism uh, in, in, in the nation, and uh, we're going to see the banking numbers come out next week. We're going to see the GM, Ford, and Chrysler quarterly reports near the end of the month. These are not going to be good things, I don't think. Now, you might have a different opinion, but uh, we need to have more stimulus, not less, to keep people uh, able to uh, uh, continue to work. Now, one of the things that's the problem is that Congress, in its infinite wisdom, has allowed corporations great latitude in restricting wages and numbers of people working in the United States and given corporations, large corporations, 
extraordinary tax breaks in order to do so. We're to the point where they have on hand $36 billion sitting around because of their actions and, and our own union's actions to somehow uh, appease the corporations, okay, and you can read into that appeal and see how they've appeased the corporations. And it's, it's public on, on our Working for a Living page. Uh, so uh, now it comes home to roost because they didn't have velocity of money just barely to get along to have all of this movement up in the marketplaces and sales, et cetera. And once one little hiccup comes along, we have a problem that is devastating to our nation because there's no money in what's called velocity of money in the hands of people getting that money rapidly, okay? I, for one, any randomly, any essential worker will pull out a $5 bill and say, that's yours for working during COVID, and hand it to them, and it's a tip for you. And we need, we need to make sure that these four people that are working for $9 an hour and their colleagues are making the PUA money, the regular the unemployment, plus the 600 and they're sitting home. The people that are working... Do your part, just a little bit. doesn't take much. You know, a lot of us making decent money, just throw a $5 bill on it. It doesn't have to be every time. It doesn't have to be every person. Just, just you know, and, you know, I, I, my car wash. I got my, my transmission oil changed today at, at, at the car wash. It's, 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 malt, it's a lube, and it has a, a car wash attached to it, and they, detail cars, they do everything, such things. I have my transmission oil changed today because I like to keep my vehicle up. And the guy come up to me and says, Leroy McKnight, I remember that name. Why? He says, because you're the guy on Father's Day, in the heat of Father's Day, that brought us all ice cream. Little... $20 bill to buy six ice creams for everybody that was working in the car wash and the loop. And they think that that's one of the nicest things that's ever been done for them. You can have that status too. But you can't do it being greedy and ungenerous. So, um, But on the notion of our esteemed union, because of the aforementioned there's not a politician worth their salt that you can find a public photo of during Labor Day last few years with our leadership. And I just almost cry when that I, I come to that realization. I, I got to tell you, you know, I was a marshal in the Labor Day Parade for almost 20 years. Now, I wasn't the marshal, but I was a marshal there to make sure everything ran smooth. Anybody had an issue, anybody from the heat expired, we took care of it. We took care of the membership. We were there to assist any member that needed a little help or direction. 
And I was real proud of having done that. And I'm not so proud these last few years. Not at all. Especially when you see that occurring. Now, there's two things that I'd like to address just a little bit. Uh, We have the local union elections going on. And um, chime in here anytime you guys want to add to this. Uh, Let me get it out a little first, and then you can uh, help me as you uh, see fit. Uh, Because this is a team, and it's getting bigger and bigger. In fact, uh, somebody asked me, they I want to just go sideways a second. I was in private message to somebody on a number of important issues this afternoon, and I had already sent out the, uh, the post on the tragic accident for the GoFundMe page and also the uh, uh, posting of a number of uh, other important uh, things that sent sent to our team and because of that I get uh, uh, temporarily uh, put in time out by Facebook on my private messages my postings so I had had to text a person say I've been uh, put in temporary time out here uh, because uh, as our group has grown uh, when I make the posting to the full group uh, it's more than what Facebook will allow. So I have to go back and finish the, the posting an hour or so later when they allow me to make up such posts, so, uh, or any post for that matter, but they don't care about what I post because it's not uh, offensive stuff. It's just information. Uh, so uh, that person went, oh, my, yeah, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's growing, so... But getting back to the local union elections, uh, we, we mentioned in our last show that uh, the federal government has a law that says all union uh, offices are to be elected to no less than a three-year term. And that term expires at the end of three years by our Constitution. Okay, it says you're elected to a three-year term and that the international should probably ask for a waiver like they asked for a waiver for the VIBA on both EEOC and uh, the labor rule called the Enron rule. Uh, And the EEOC was the issue that you can't have different health care for a retiree uh, than you do for an active worker based on age. Uh, And there's a rule, and they got a waiver. But they should ask for a waiver, and we don't know if they've done that or not, but they did act uh, from all information that we've got to extend the three-year, the International Executive Board, because of the emergency of COVID, uh, has, uh, all intents and purposes, extended the term of office beyond the three years until such time as they elect uh, new officers, and that's different for most of the locals, some of them here in a couple of weeks, maybe even a week, and then others later in August. Uh, But they still have the problem of these are no less than three-year terms according to federal law. And I I just went and reviewed that since our last show to make sure that I was on on firm ground. 
uh, one of the things that came up was the, the notion of uh, nominations. Do they expire? Uh, according to our Constitution, they may not be earlier than, I think, seven days from the posting of the nominations. The, the nomination period itself uh, is uh, limited uh, by how early you can have it. But we could find, uh, after looking hard and long, uh, we could not find any expiration of the nomination. So if they held nominations early, those nominations are, remain good. Okay. And then uh, uh, the elections will take place. They're going to have to deal with how long, you know, and the Constitution says three-year term, and so does federal law. So they're going to expire randomly in July and August. So they're going to have to either make a waiver for one time, get it back in cycle for the UAW Constitution, and ask for a waiver from the federal government because of COVID. And I don't see anybody complaining about a one-time change in the minimum length of office. And, you know, you just have to act on that. So uh, is that appealable? Yeah. It, you know, you can get out there and get all your panties in a bunch and say, I'm going to appeal that. Well, yeah, let's try and find solutions rather than go out there and just complain about it. Because if you're just complaining about it, you're not a leader. Give me an amen, two brothers. How about that? Myron? Sounds sounds familiar to me. (laughs) Yeah, right. Let's try and be leaders, and that's not... just be complaining about it. Let's, let's try and fix it. And the fix is for our international union to go ahead and, and uh, um, make, you know, ask for the waiver and make the adjustment in the Constitution, one-time adjustment in the Constitution. And we'll have a convention before that time uh, comes by, and they can, they can make that adjustment at convention uh, just for this period for COVID. Uh, they don't need to act like they have to extend the office's uh, term of office, uh, apparently in executive board action, which uh, is is legal. They can do that. In between conventions, the International Executive Board does does such things, okay? So, uh, and make an, an emergency situation, not in the instance of retirees that have been, you know, an obvious thing for a long time. When you go down that road, oh, my. Right. So, but uh, the other issue on our um, plate with this uh, ongoing election is that the corporations, especially General Motors, have sent out notices limiting the uh, because of COVID, limiting the uh, campaigning face to face in the plant or on, on company property. Okay. Well. That's a whole lot of problems for the corporation. The corporation, you know, I mean, they have paragraph eight, you know, right to hire, fire, and discipline for cause, okay, and run their company the way they want to, all right? But there are other federal laws that they also have to abide by. Okay, one is protected concerted activity, two, unfair labor practice, three, 
may not interfere with an election, may not selectively enforce something in an election. I'm not going to go into that tonight, but we have uh, candidates that are allowed to go campaign and then others that are held up to a higher standard may not campaign and other things that we're not going to go out there and talk about. Now, one local union has already appealed to the NLRB and the OLMS, and there are a couple of others that are in the process of doing so, and anybody else that chooses to do so, please get a hold of our, one of our team members or myself, and we will assist you in what you need to have in order to have a uh, good election where everyone gets treated the same and all rules get enforced the same or there's going to be problem. And that's another subject that we're not going to talk about right now. But when the election has occurred and these violations have been allowed, there are very strict rules that you must follow in order to get adjudication properly. So if you don't like how things were handled, there's very tight timelines that you need to follow, both federal and local and our international constitution. So we're aware of all of those. If you have a problem, contact us. We have a template we'll send you. Okay? No problem with that. So that kind of takes care of the internal elections. Um, I had some conversation. Uh, before we move forward, uh, Tom, do you have anything on that? No, I don't have anything to add with you. Just said there. Oh, okay. Good job. No, I'm good. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, the other thing that that's out there, and, and these were the two uh, messages and emails and uh, PMs that we got and we reported. There were a lot of them. We pulled out to uh, because everybody's fighting on the pages. Okay. This one's better. That one's better. And quite frankly, none of them are any good. And I told some very high-level folks uh, yesterday after – I don't want to get into all of that. Uh, but yesterday, um, I, I got a phone call. Why are you not happy? I said, you know, we're tired of hearing you tell us that you're our friend. It's time to show us you're our friend. What do you mean by that? Well, there's a tax imbalance out there that started in 1982. And when you take the, the tax imbalance and the trade deficit that resulted in it, the trade deficit multiplied by the 10-year Treasury bill equals $25 trillion debt that we currently have. There's a guy out there by the name of Euclid that's a mathematician who said all large numbers that are reasonably related are indeed related. So when you have 22, $25 trillion trade deficit compounded by the interest and you have an actual $25 trillion debt, they're related. 
I'm not going to argue his theory. They're related because he said so. Now, how do you stop that? And I outlined to them the three things that are our issues. And you people out there, our members and other people in the communities that are constantly fighting with each other on this one's better or that one's better, pay attention to what I'm about to say. The tax imbalance is locked in by GATT, Global Agreement on Tax and Tariff. Been around since the 40s, but it was updated on December 8, 1994, one week or one year to the day after NAFTA came in. But NAFTA's not this issue. Okay? And we cannot add tariffs or taxes. Or we're going to start a war, trade war, bad one. Duh. How do you handle that, then, Leroy? Well, the thing you do is charge their taxes. Because what happens when they build it in their country and they don't sell it in their country, it comes over here with no tax on it, zero cost of government. Okay. No taxes. And that's they, they can sell it. 32% cheaper than we can make it right here. And when you buy that product, where did you create a job? The place where it was made. You created a job there. And it's our fault, in part. But it's a policy that's hurt us and allowed us the opportunity to buy cheaper products at the cost of 90% of our jobs moving overseas. And that was the 19... It took 2010 study by CBS. CBS did a study and said 90% of the jobs have been lost since the year 2000, and that was in 2010 overseas. And that's because, you know, it, it's a bad policy. So uh, we'll get into that in just a second. So. If we charge their tax at our border and just give them the money back, it doesn't resolve all the problems, but it stops the abstract dumping of their product in our country. When they have to charge 17% taxes at our border and give it back to them, then there's not such a big difference in the price of the product. So, uh, and, and government or corporations have come in there and, and taken about 10% of that for themselves. So it's actually down around 20, 22% difference. When you take you add 17 to that, you're four or five percent difference. And when you add in, you should buy America, American made, then you know it's easy to overcome that. And then pretty soon, our products can become cheaper than theirs because we have uh, the. Uh, uh, ability to make more and there's a cost advantage in uh, making more. You can make them cheaper. Synergy and stuff. So that's the first issue. The, the tax imbalance that's caused our jobs to leave. Address that and it's a simple executive order. By somebody. I don't care what side. Okay. Now in that issue let's just take a look at how that occurred. 
Reagan conceived it. Bush won, put it on fast track. Clinton signed it. And then Bush, too, implemented it. You could call them the four horsemen of our country and say apocalypse out loud and yell as loud as you can because that's what they've done to our economy. Nothing to do with us. They did it, and they did it on purpose. Both parties. And they're all minions of a higher power. It was a Rothschild. Rothenberg or Rothschild? Rothenberg. That said, I don't care who makes the laws, just let me write the rules. Okay? So that's what they're doing. The second issue is dead peasants insurance. That siphons money off the profit line, away from the stakeholders, us employees, the bonded stockholders, the communities in which they exist, and the government. Because that dead peasants insurance siphons money out of the system and from pensions and puts it into an insurance policy for retirees, not for their benefit, benefit, but for the benefit of the executive suite. And that, you know, what's, what's a, a, a life insurance policy? Is that taxed? No, it's not taxed. It's given directly non-taxed to the leadership of the corporations. That's our second issue. That stops the greed and starts the money funnel down toward us and the other stakeholders, including the government, because they're cutting their nose off to spite their face by not charging that or allowing it to occur. Okay? And then the last one that nobody's paid any attention to since the early 90s when people like myself lobbied hard to get it implemented. We lost by one Senate vote in three Congresses, Senate Bill 1, anti-scab legislation. All of these people saying they're your friend, they say it. They need to start acting like it because if you go on strike, and many of our members have, Remember the nurses in Toledo? They started to permanently replace them because of federal law says they can, because of scab legislation. If we get anti-scab legislation and allows us to strike without being fired because we strike for wages and benefits, better wages and benefits, then it kind of puts the table back almost level again. So those three issues, those of you out there fighting, start fighting for those because those are your issues. It ain't because this one's prettier or that one's prettier. This one has more experience or less experience. I don't like this one because they, they sniff snuff. I don't care which one. We've had a black and an orange president. And, you know, I mean, that was quoted in one of the, the movies here recently. 
I don't care what color they are. I don't care anything about them unless they have our interests in mind, period. And those are straighten out the tax imbalance, global tax imbalance. Right? Get us anti-scab legislation. Stop dead peasants insurance. When you do that, the listing of the good ship United States of America mast will start to get away from the water and right itself to a vertical upright position for everyone. We have a serious problem of velocity of money in our country. That means how much money is in the hands of the people and how fast it's moving. And they got to stop suppressing our wages. I'm going to say this one time. In the, up until the early 80s, after I came home from service in 72, I went back to work at General Motors. I had the opportunity to go to another union shop. I chose General Motors. And when working at General Motors, every year, I paid off the Social Security cap, plus or minus a week, from the 1st of May. So that number today is $132,900. If you times that by three, which is three-quarters or three-thirds, uh, because I paid it off the first third of the, the year, you have two more thirds, right? So one-third, two-third, three-third, okay? That's 100, that's, I'm sorry, that's $399,700, and I don't know anybody in our union making $400,000 a year because that's the buying power before they started stifling wages that we had. And Danget used to talk about it ad nauseum back in the 70s and the early 80s. Higher wages and lower hours according to our Constitution, right? Article 2. Okay, so that's the conclusion of my report. Uh, the internal elections, the external elections, we need to focus on candidates, and you need to talk to your candidates and tell them what I just said. Tax imbalance, dead peasants insurance, anti-scab legislation. Unless you're talking about that, don't even, don't even ask me for your vote. Like I told High-level elected officials, it's no longer any good to say you're our friend. You have to be our friend. And when they asked me for my email so they could tell me their position, I don't want to know their position. I want their position to be our position. And this is formulated by a lot of discussion on our team and around the nation with other members. And nobody disagrees that I've talked to. Maybe you do. But you're going to have to just, you know, justify your position because I know that our people have been hurt by those three things 
And there's a lot more. But if we get those, things will start to write. And then we can refine it and hone it a little better. I don't want to know their position. I want to know that they know our position. And I'm sending this show to them for their complete edification. Okay, my friends. Uh, Jeff, do you have, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, do you have any comment on what I just said in my report or anything else that you want to talk about as we end the show? Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, these politicians have got to start uh, doing what we want them to do, not the other way around. You know, they want our support. They better start earning it. You know, listen to the voters. Right. Okay, thank you, Joe. Uh, Tom, you got anything to add? Maybe we're talking about some quality issues and stuff. You want to talk about those? The uh, the comments that you just made, uh, 100% in agreement. Uh, we've just had a uh, close to a conclusion of a presidency. I won't mention party or names or anything that uh, came in and uh, uh, has done absolutely nothing for labor uh, in regards to uh, uh, labor law reforms. Uh, prior to that, we had another administration who had a platform out there that spelled it out pretty good and felt good about it for eight years, and nothing actually got done. And, and and several other administrations, they all come out with the, yeah, we're behind labor, we're behind labor, and you get the rhetoric. But you get no action, and it's disappointing. It seems like uh, going down the road with whatever party's in power, uh, we don't get representation. We get lip service. They fail to realize that they're there to represent us not to represent their next run for president, which they do go back and do. Nothing gets done, and it's become a one-party system. I can't tell the difference between the two of them. I've lately been asked several uh, questions by several people. I I had a mailbox full of what's wrong with this country and what's wrong with these, these parties and these candidates running and what happened to their support that we used to get. I think the really last amount of support we got was from President Kennedy. And uh, and prior to that, I think it was from uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Uh, but, uh, I mean, th- those, those are long before a lot of these members were even thought of. Their mothers and fathers were babies for Christ. But until we can understand, just like you said, this, this arguing and bickering, and I don't know what the, what the hell people are, are trying to prove out there, the hatred out there, who are they hating? It's a person? It's a party? I, I mean, how is that solving a problem? And unless we get together collectively, we can't solve anybody's problem, not our own, the country's, anybody's. But we still sit out there and we... So and so did this. So and so did that. So and so did this. Well, those are really good solutions because they got you eaten out of their palm of their hand. 
I have seen politicians make fools out of a lot of good people, Leroy, and it's sad. And they don't even know they're taking, being taken advantage of. And uh, it, it's just a matter of time that uh, it'll the light bulb will come on. And generally, if you look at it, it's as you get older in life and as you have a, an opportunity to sit back and put this all in perspective, it comes to light. We, we don't have a, one, a two-party system anymore. We don't have a three-party. We don't have a four-party. It's a single-party uh, country. And, and the parties, once they get in power, they spend the whole four years or two years, whatever, whatever their terms are, six years, campaigning big corporations to get themselves reelected again. And the people's business is not being done. Reforms come from the people. We've seen it on the streets. We've seen it, the power that people do have when, when funneled collectively in the right manner. And there's been some things that have been done wrong in those, those situations. But as a whole, the groups of the people out there were good things. They were things that mattered to people, and they were to correct injustices being done to people. And I won't use black and I won't use white until we stop using those terms. We'll never come together because we are people. I'm not a, a, a white guy. I'm not a black. I don't look at it that way. You're a human being. You're my brother and you're my sister. And until we can get that down, that's fine. And we have a right to, to have a difference of opinion, but we also have an obligation to discuss it with one another or in groups collectively uh, as, as people of understanding the need to go forward with what do we need to be successful, what do we need to help people. We don't need this anymore where we put a person, a group of people, I don't care if you're Italian, German, African-American, whatever, Put these groups of people against each other. Put them down and, and try to say, I'm going to do this for you, and then don't do absolutely nothing. Those days got to come to an end. We're Americans. We're all one people. Color doesn't mean a thing. People do. And and, and that's all i got to say, Leroy. The grassroots organizations of labor need help out there, and we, needed, we need help desperately. And whoever gives the help, I guarantee you that, whoever gets the help, they'll control power for years down the road. We haven't had it in 40, 50 years. But whoever comes forward and actually does work for the people, the middle class, we will not advance anywhere. We will continue to fight with each other. They got us eating out of the palms of, of their hands. That's all I got to say, Leroy. Thank you, Tom. And I know that echoes a number of the members of our team, uh, most all of them. Uh, you know, I want to add Teddy Roosevelt, who took on the antitrust laws during his administration that helped labor. Uh, so uh, Teddy Roosevelt under some scrutiny now, but he uh, did a lot for labor. We haven't had a labor candidate in office for a very long time. In fact, 
when the Republican Party was more labor-oriented than it is today. Abraham Lincoln is one of the only ones that went out and split rails for a living. That was good, hard work, even though he later became a barrister, a lawyer. Uh, you know, he actually worked for a living in a tough job. And not many like him around now. You know, they, they get these positions because they get elected, and then they forget. You know, so, so many of them, you know, you try to tie a string around their toe, so when they get in there and they start feeling a big head, uh, they uh, can come back down the ground a little bit. And I try to do that occasionally with some of our elected officials that I helped get there that have lost their way now. That's kind of sad. One of the other things I told these high-level uh, officials and their staff was that when you start taking on the issues of labor, because uh, that's who you really represent. That's who goes to votes every day. When you can go to them and say, I have a platform to help labor, and I'm going to try and get this signed on by everybody in Congress at the state levels, and that platform contains clearing up the global tax imbalance, getting rid of dead peasants insurance, and gets anti-scab legislation so you can't be replaced if you go out on strike for better wages and benefits. We have Taft-Hartley to mitigate that if it gets out of hand. Okay, so the president can keep it real, if you will. When those people decide to do that, and I'm talking those elected people decide to do that, and those candidates aspiring to office do that, and forget all the other stuff, you will be a hero, every one of you. Because that's how the guy that's there now got elected. He convinced everybody he was going to make a difference for the average working man and woman. That hasn't happened. It's gotten worse. But arguably some people say he has the best interest because he's trying to take on China. He, the issues bigger than China, Mexico, Vietnam, India, Sri Lanka, formerly Ceylon, Taiwan, Hong Kong, it's bigger than that. It's every other country in the world in whole or in part, went to a sales tax. And until and at such time that we address that, our country has a $1 trillion hole in its bucket to the rest of the world, its money bucket. And you have to stop it. If you don't, our country's going to fail. And I've given you, along with the blessing of our team, here tonight, the information required to fix it. And it doesn't violate GAP. And there's been a lot of thought gone into this. It's not somebody shooting from the hip. You've heard it on this show any number of times in the past. So if you want to be elected, start working for the people. I was a part of a team that I got elected to 
in the Democratic Party. And we determined, by and through some directives by myself, because the chair makes decisions usually, and I convinced people, because I was real good at convincing folks, especially if you have the proper facts, that if we ignored all of the extraneous issues and focused on labor itself, then we can be successful because everybody at our conventions, everybody in our executive boards and all our committees all go to work every day for a living. So when you focus on working people and bring them together in something that everybody has affinity for and make that your central issue, you cannot lose. And that's why our team was the most successful team of all time in our county during my tenure. Nobody will ever repeat it. It's, it, it was the highest level of elected people at that time, and we held them to account. We just didn't get them elected and let them go off willy-nilly. You got to stick up for working men and women, or the working men and women caucus in our party, if you will. We'll see to it that there's somebody going to replace you, and that occurred many times. And then that started getting people a little concerned. So, uh, and they should have been because workers were taken over. Having said all of that, to our elected officials, to our listeners, thank you so much. Please keep in your prayers every family affected by all the tragedies going on currently in our country. Everybody. Take a chill pill and think about if it were you on the other side. Thank you to our listeners globally nationally, union and non-union. Thank you to our long-time listeners. Now we've been here in our fifth year. So thank you for all your support. Jeff and Tom have had their say. Um, you know, stay safe in the coming week. Wear your surroundings. Keep your mask on. That's becoming more and more important. Uh, probably some people should have said that earlier on. Our leader had one on when he visited a, a military hospital the other day. So that's nice. Uh, like yesterday. Uh, stay safe and have fun in the coming week. Enjoy the summer. It's going to get hot again. God bless each and every one of you, and may God, your God, keep you safe. Good night, listeners. Good night, Tom and Jeff. And we'll Good night, guys. Good night.